it's a deep burn. Oh, it's so deep. Ah. Oh, I could barely lift my right arm because I did so many. I don't know if you heard me counting, I did over a thousand. What is good, sports world? Welcome to the Family Feud Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, sitting here with my co-host slash father, a.k.a. the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer, and welcoming you to our weekly fantasy football deep sleepers and waiver wire ads podcast, getting your waiver claims ready for the big fantasy football week ahead, which is week eight of the NFL season, and talking about deep sleepers, players, Owned in 25% or less of leagues. Mostly focused on PPR scoring here, but kind of a general consensus for all players looking to pick up this week. My opinion, the weakest fantasy football waiver wire week of the season so far through eight different weeks. But without further ado, we're going to get into things here. Talking about the quarterback position first. I'm going to mention three players at each position except for running back and receiver, in which there's a lot of people with a lot of needs at those two positions, especially with the bye weeks coming into full swing here. First of all, Mr. Allendale, welcome to the show. We missed you here last week. What are your biggest thoughts and takeaways from the fantasy football week? Are you making uh, looking to make any big claims this week? Well, I got knocked out of first place uh, by a two-man team of Kareem Hunt and Tariq Hill, so uh, just trying to get back together. But it's Hard to beat a two-man tandem that gets half of the team's points. In my yeah, opinion, touche. I was beat sucked. by Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt the week before that, which they went off for almost 70 points against me, went hey. off for almost 60 against you. I can't complain too much because I got Patrick Mahomes, number one quarterback in fantasy overall, and number one position at number one player, fantasy player at all positions through seven weeks of the season. Hey, okay, so man. without further ado, jumping into quarterbacks, and again, our deep sleepers and waiver wire ads podcast focus solely on players owned in 25% or less of leagues. We're talking about 12 team PPR leagues, 14 team, 16 team, or larger leagues. Quarterback first, guys. All three of these guys I'm mentioned, they're all owned in six and a half percent or less. Number one, oh CJ Beathard for the San Francisco 49ers. He had his worst week of the season this past week against the Rams, only 6.1 fantasy points, but Played against one of the league's best defenses in the Rams and, and a game flow in which we, we all kind of knew the Rams were going to blow out the Niners. I thought it might have been a little bit closer than it was because they are division opponents, but I think the 49ers were coming off that heartbreaking Monday night football loss, playing on a short week against another against a division opponent as tough as the Rams. It's understandable how Beathard struggled in that game, not to mention Matt Breda left the game very early with an ankle injury, so was that was without his top running back. 17-plus points in three out of four matchups that he started this year. He's actually been a top 10 to 15 quarterback since his starts last year as a rookie. So some good matchups ahead for Beathard and the 49ers in terms of the defense they're facing at Arizona this week, which is one of the league's worst defenses as well, against the Raiders at home, against the Giants at home, then a bye, and then at Tampa Bay. So those are all favorable matchups for 49ers players, Beathard included in that one. He's my top deep sleeper waiver wire ad of the week at quarterback. Number two, Brock Osweiler, a guy who's probably going to jump to, jump up to around 10% owned, but as of right now, before claims go through this week, he's 3.7% owned, but the week before that, he was 0.4% owned. Brock Osweiler, in his two starts this year, 26 points, 17.8 points. He had 239 yards and two touchdowns against the Lions this past weekend, albeit in a loss, but he had no turnovers in that game. And I know the Dolphins have some banged up guys, a wide receiver, but 
They've still got explosive playmakers. Danny Amendola has been coming into his own, developing a connection with Brock. They've still got Jakeem Grant. Devontae Parker is supposed to be back in the mix this week. They've got the talented two-headed running back with Frank Gore, the Angels, the Angels wonder, not to mention Kenyon Drake. So a lot of playmakers around them. They're playing on a short week of Thursday night football uh, at Houston, which is a tough defensive matchup. But, hey, you could do a lot worse than Brock Osweiler, who's played very well in his two starts. And then, and then third, I'm going to go two guys who might be the starters on their teams within the next week or maybe even sooner. Maybe maybe their starters ahead of them get benched during the games this weekend. Number one is a guy I've talked about before, Chad Kelly, Denver Broncos quarterback. And the one thing to keep an eye on is, is he, got a little, he got into a little bit of trouble. He was arrested Tuesday in Englewood, Colorado on charges of first-degree criminal trespass, trespassing. He's and He's expected to face discipline from the Broncos, if not the NFL. So he's got the asterisk next to his name right now. And uh, the, the story, just look it up if you haven't heard it already. Go on Twitter or Google and type in Chad Kelly arrest. It's, it's a pretty, pretty crazy type of Jerry Springer type story, but I digress there. The other guy I want to mention other than Chad Kelly, who looks like he might not be able to even play, even if, the, even if uh, Case Keenum does get benched for the Broncos, is Cody Kessler. And you saw him come in for Brock, uh, not for Brock Kessler, for Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles has been one of the NFL's worst, if not the worst quarterback over the last two years, he, he's been his his weaknesses have, have been kind of hidden, so to speak, by one of the league's best defenses. But now that defense is not one of the league's best anymore. His weaknesses were also shadowed by one of the league's best running backs and running games. That running game is no more. So now they're relying on Blake Bortles to throw the ball and they don't have the playmakers <laughs> around to even help elevate his game whatsoever. He got benched for Cody Kessler in this last this week's past game, uh, this past week's game, excuse me, to the Houston Texans, a division game, an important game that they lost, and they were really never in contention in for the entire thing. Cody Kessler, Cody Kessler's jumped around the league a few times, and look, he came in, he had he had one touchdown, one interception, 156 yards, not much game tape and preparation going against Kessler right now. He's a guy who could jump in there, replace Blake Bortles again this week against Philadelphia. Philadelphia's pass defense isn't that hot right now. They're exploitable, and, and if you're looking for a deep, deep sleeper, he's a guy you could throw in there with some upside, just like we saw Brock Osweiler two weeks ago jump in as a Dolphin yeah. star for one week. Yeah, just one note is not a lot good to say about Bortles, but he is 3-0 and in London games, and he's played very well when he's been over there. So it could happen if you're really desperate and you got nobody else. You can bank on that. Cocaine yeah, well, it's, is a hell of a it's drug. too bad because Blake Bortles does not make our list. He's he's coming down. He's he's 31.8% owned. That was 7.8% lower than the week before. I say as of tomorrow, Blake Bortles might be at that 25% or under cusp because he's going to get dropped by a lot more teams for sure. Blake Bortles 1.4 points in terms of fantasy, 61 yards and two fumbles lost before he was benched this past week. So the turnovers keep up. He's had a turnover in every game but one this season. So not looking too good. Blake Bortles, let me see here, eight turnovers in his last three starts. It's not going to get it done. Not even going to keep you in the starting line if he keeps that up. But that's the Bortles that we all know. And then that's the Bortles that we all love outside of Jacksonville Jaguar fans. So moving on, I'm going to talk about Running back and wide receiver last here because there's some guys I want to get to. But tight end position, there's one asterisk I'm going to put here, a guy that's owning 25.2% of leagues. So it's just above the cusp that we do for our deep sleepers and waiver wire ads podcast. But a guy worth mentioning that's been dropped in a lot of leagues, check on his health status week to week, maybe even day to day to see what's going on in Indianapolis because Andrew Luck needs more weapons to throw it to is Jack Doyle, who came into the season leading 
tight ends and targets from last year. And Eric Ebron's had a huge year with Andrew Luck. He had a down game this past week. But when Jack Doyle's back in the lineup, might not be for another week, two weeks, three weeks. Could be in time for the fantasy football playoffs. His ownership was high to begin the year. He was drafted in almost every draft, 12 teams or larger. His ownership's now down to 25.2%. Once he's back in, he could be the number one target getter for Andrew Luck in a, in a pretty high-powered Indianapolis Colts offense, especially their air attack. Dallas Goddard, a name I mentioned before, I'll mention him again. He had, a, he had another touchdown, another big game this past weekend. He's more of a handcuff and a stash because if Zach Ertz ever goes down with an injury, Goddard immediately becomes one of the league's top five to ten fantasy tight ends without question, especially with Carson Wentz favoring the tight end in that passing game. And then two deeper-than-deep sleepers, guys owning less than 1% of leagues. Talking about Miami rookie tight end for the New York Jets, Chris Herndon, who's had touchdowns in back-to-back games so far this year. Chris Herndon right now is owned in 0.6% of leagues. You're going to see him as a hot pickup this week for guys who need tight ends with buys, with injuries, with disappointing production around the board. He's at 13.6% point, uh, sorry, he's at 13.6 points and 14.2 points in the last two weeks. I say his ownership gets over to 10, gets over 10% after this week's waiver claims go through. So put in a claim. If you need tight end help, he's the best bet to give you instant production off the waivers. And then a, a really deep sleeper, a guy who's literally owned in no leagues this year, and that's Seattle Seahawks and Ed Dixon. Ed Dixon on? has been hurt all year. He returned to practice on Monday. He'd been dealing with a quadriceps injury. I believe he was activated. He's going to be activated this week to the 53-man roster for Seattle, and they've had no production at tight end. The rookie, Will Disley, was at, was put on IR earlier in the year. Their other rookie, Nick Vanette, really hasn't done much. He's been battling a back injury. We've seen Dixon come in in different teams in the past, whether it's the Ravens or the Panthers, and put up some big games. He's a very athletic tight end. If you put him in open space, he can make some plays. And there's a lot of they have the receivers are going to get most of the attention from defenses in Seattle. Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, David Moore. So Ed Dixon's a guy in a really deep, tough spot for tight end. If you need somebody with upside, maybe you can throw him in there and, and see. Just keep keep your eye, keep, keep tabs on what happens to his injury status over the week because now he's back at practice. Hasn't played all year, but could play a big role on Sunday against the Detroit Lions, a team that hasn't been very well defending the tight end position. Talking about defense is the Washington Redskins at the New York Giants. Uh, a plum matchup. Any defense going up against Eli Manning, we all talk about the number one defense to stream against is the Buffalo Bills, and that's true. But the Bills get the Patriots, and the Patriots are owned in a lot of leagues this year. So they don't make the cuffs in terms of our Deep Sleepers podcast. But right now, the Washington Redskins, they have one of the league's best defenses this year. If you look at the overall numbers, not, not the fantasy numbers, but they tout one of the league's best defenses all around. They had that one game that stood out on Monday night where they got gashed by the Saints. If you take that game out, they've actually been pretty productive fantasy-wise, only owned in 14.2% of leagues. A great matchup against a quarterback who seemingly just can't move the ball at all. They had 15 points against Dallas this past weekend, seven points the week before. If you look, if you take out that Saints matchup, the Redskins defense has had seven plus points in every single game this season. Word. I was telling you, Mr. Allendale, if I can't get my hands on the Patriots defense off our waivers this week, I might be dropping the Colts to pick up the Redskins. What do you think about Steelers against the Cleveland Browns? Steelers, another one of the popular pickups this week in terms of streaming defenses. Pittsburgh's owning 13.9% of leagues in terms of their fantasy defense, but they've had some big games this year and playing at home against maybe a turnover-prone rookie quarterback in Baker Mayfield. What do you think about the Steelers' defense matchup Well, they this played week? him one time before, right? It ended in a tie. Well, that was against Terod Taylor, though. 
Yeah. So how do you think they do against Mayfield? Is that a better matchup? Worse yeah, I matchup? Yeah, I think it's better. I think it's better for the Browns. Uh, he's a lot better than uh, Tyrod Taylor. He can make more things happen. And the team believes in him. I mean, it's amazing that they've played four overtime games. You you got to figure something's going to change. They're right on the cusp. Point well taken. And I don't know where the Steelers are. So so do you think that would you be afraid to stream a defense fantasy wise against a Baker Mayfield, or do you think that's not a good matchup? Well, he had a good week last week. Uh, Fantasy-wise, he had almost 21 points. Against a very bad Bucks defense, though. Steelers' defense is, is a little better than yeah. that. So, that, that's the Steelers is one I have my eye on. Not, not the top pickup. Like I said, I would go Redskins. In terms of defense zone in less than 25% of leagues, I go Redskins one. Steelers are there. But my second pick, actually, out of, of, of these three would be the 49ers at Arizona going against Josh Rosen, who's had six turnovers in his last two games. That's your boy, the chosen Rosen, Mr. Allen Dell. He's kind of a guy you got to pick on right now with that offense. Will Byron Leftwich as the new offensive coordinator replacing Mike McCoy, will he make a difference? I think he will, but can he really make a difference in six days? I don't know if that's enough time to turn things around. What do you think about streaming a defense against Josh Rosen and that Cardinals well, offense right now? What about the Arizona defense? They've done really well against quarterbacks if you check them out. Yeah, well, they're not they're they're owning more than 40% of leagues, so they don't they don't make our cut for this. So they're they're a popular streaming candidate if they're available, but if I had to pick between the two defenses, do I want to start the 49ers at Arizona or the Cardinals at home against the Niners? I will stream against the rookie quarterback, Josh Rosen, in an offense that has really struggled to put up any type of points or yards this season. So we talked about defense. We talked about tight end. talked about quarterback. I'm going to talk about just kickers really quick. There's still quite a few high-scoring kickers on the market in terms of waiver guys owning 25% or less of leagues. Cody Parkey with the Bears, 18.5%. Dustin Hopkins with the Redskins, 6.1%. He's had a very high floor all season long. And then Mike Badgley, who's filling in for the injured Caleb Sturgis with the Chargers. That's a high-flying offense. They're moving the ball downfield, and he, he might not get as many field goal opportunities, but he'll get uh, a nice floor of extra points and a few field goal opportunities on short fields each and every week, maybe putting up between 7 to 10. Not as much upside there for him, so there are some decent options. Keep an eye on Matt Bryant's status as well. If Giorgio Tavecchio is still available for the Falcons, that's another really good kicker to add, even though his ownership is... I believe is higher than 25% even just now for the last week at the moment. So jumping in the two positions. Well, one last thing about uh, kickers, just like in the real wor- world, kickers are not worth worrying about. They just, they're just they just not. That, well, that, that's, that goes for you, for a guy who's had Goskowski in his lineup all season. Goskowski's had – he's kind of disappointed you a few weeks. Other well, than, it's not his fault, though. He, he's, he's automatic. He's Mr. Automatic, but he hasn't had that you, many chances. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. People can say you can't predict kickers. You can, you can scheme and game plan, game plan for fantasy kickers on a week-to-week basis looking at the matchups. The two words are – it's game flow. Game flow is the most important thing. In what type of – is this going to be a high-scoring game? You look at the over-unders that Las Vegas gives out each week and you target kickers that are in those high-scoring matchups on either side. Which offense you think can move the ball but might get stopped in the red zone, especially an offense like the Dallas Cowboys, like the Chicago Bears. Those are two talented offenses, but sometimes they struggle a little bit to put the ball in the end zone when they're within 20, 30 yards of it. So those are the kickers that are going to be constantly getting those 40, 50-yard attempts those are the kickers that you want to pick up if you don't have one of those set-in-forget-it guys. For the guys who don't have Guskowski, there is a way to game plan and strategically pick your kickers off the waivers each week. So keep, keep your eye out for those matchups. Look to see how the opponent rank for kickers. So, for example, if you're looking at a guy like Jason Myers, 
He's playing at Chicago this week, but Chicago is ranked 10th against kickers. You look at the matchups and see that kickers really haven't done that well against them. I'm telling you, there is some strategy that goes into picking kickers each week. There's no science, but there's no science behind picking any position off the waivers when it comes to fantasy football. So going into running back, and there's a lot of guys who might get some nice upside, and, and they might have some nice streaming appeal going into week eight and maybe moving forward for the rest of the year. The first situation is the one every single person is talking about, and that's the Oakland Raiders. Marshawn Lynch was put on IR this week. Doug Martin and Jalen Richard will group them together. Doug Martin, 17.2% owned. Jalen Richard, 17.1%. We know the owned deal. in our league. You know, me look bad, he's man. been owned since the beginning in our leagues. That's, 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 we're talking about just overall leagues here. So Jalen Richard is most likely available in your league if you're in a 12-team or maybe even in a 14-teamer, right? But he's put up good points PPR-wise, 8 to 10 points every week, maybe a few double-digit games close to 15 I think his role pretty much stays the same. I'm going to give you a name to keep your eye on this week. If you're not able to get Doug Martin, I think a guy that could even be a better pickup than Doug Martin is DeAndre Washington. Oh, I see now. Yes, it's all good. Yeah. Who's had starts in the past at for running back for the Oakland Raiders, but he hasn't gotten the opportunity this year because he's been behind Marshawn Lynch on the death chart. I'm telling you, DeAndre Washington, if Doug Martin struggles at all in this game, he could come in and immediately assume the lead back duties. DeAndre Washington has not gotten any snaps this year. He's going to make his debut of the season against the Colts, but he was, he was recovering from an arthroscopic knee surgery. Then he became a healthy scratch later in September. But I'm telling you, Doug Martin, he could get banged up within a few, within a, within a few quarters of action or less, and Jalen Richard is not going to be the guy that's going to get the carries. He's strictly a third down pass catching running back. DeAndre Washington is young. He's explosive. He's got burst. Now that he's healthy, he might get the opportunity and he is owned in 0.1% of leagues. DeAndre Washington, one of my deeper than deep sleepers players owned in less than 1% of leagues. He could be the Raiders starting running back by next week. Let's just say that. Raheem Mostert, 3.9% owned. I picked him up last week off waivers because I, I had Matt Breda, and I kind of wanted to handcuff the Breda situation. Breda got banged up. He's been injury prone all year, even though he's bounced back every single time. Mostert showed a lot of flash in that Monday night game last week. His yards per carry has been tremendous the last two weeks. He's had over 150 yards just in rushing yards alone. He's a guy that you definitely want to pick up if you need running back help with all the bye weeks coming up. Spencer Ware, 2.8% owned. This is a guy, you saw him in, in limited action playing as the backup to Kareem Hunt. If anything ever happened to Kareem Hunt, this is the guy who's the number one backup in the NFL right now. Spencer Ware's had a big role with Andy Reid in the past. If you're the Kareem Hunt owner, I'm going to keep a, another pair of running backs here. Kenyon Barner for the New England Patriots. He's the only guy left besides James White right now. 0.1% owned. Mike Gillisley, 0.5% owned. He's not even with the Patriots right now, but could easily sign with them in the next week to give them the depth that they need. He's a goal line back. He's had productive games with the Patriots in the past. I would rather pick up Gillisley as a flyer than Barner. I think you have to be in a really deep, really desperate position to start Barner in any leagues this upcoming week, even though I, I know he's going to be getting a few carries here and there, but I think James White's going to be getting that action. I think they're going to use Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon in the run game, receivers running the ball, short passes, slants, things of that nature. Ronald Jones, 15% owned. He's, he's the one of the yeah. highest owned on the list. I know, Mr. Allendale, you're going after him. Yeah. What, what, what do you see out of the USC rookie, man? Well, I, I saw him run last week. He had a couple good runs. I, I think he's going to get more work. He's also catching the ball. He's improved his blocking. 
I shouldn't say this in our league. Somebody might grab him, but I, I think he's a good pick considering what's available. I got a feeling his workload might increase this week. Well, I think the biggest thing you got to look at it is that Peyton Barber got hurt in the, in the Browns game. We don't know how serious the injury is right now. That's a fun matchup for running backs to play the Bengals. You saw they've oh, been yeah, they've been a, torn up. You know, you you, you saw yourself, Mister. Well, Allen, yeah, I mean, Kansas City's explosive, but the tackling by Cincinnati in that game was was atrocious. And they've been like that all year. I've, I've watched every single Bengals game this year, and they've been run roughshod by almost every opposing running back. So if Ronald Jones is by himself in the Bucks' backfield, expect a good fantasy day from him. The only my only hesitation there is if Peyton Barber's injury is not serious and he's the starter again. I just would – it'd be really hard pre- pressed to put Ronald Jones into a lineup if he's not getting the lion's share of the carries in that Bucks offense. He got he lucked out with a touchdown last week, and it put his point total up a little bit. If he didn't get that touchdown, I don't think we'd really be talking about him that much right now. But it, it, was, it was a wide-open kind of garbage, you know, goal line touchdown. LeGarrette Blunt, 14.6% of leagues. He, he's not the PPR guy that you want, but he's getting 10 carries a game, and he's basically getting all the red zone carries that the Lions are giving to their running backs. Carryon Johnson is obviously the most talented running back in Detroit, but if you're getting the goal line touches and you're getting at least 10 carries a game, you could do worse at running back, especially as a nice bench depth spot to fill in for a flex. So you got a couple guys injured, a couple guys on bye weeks. LeGarrette Blunt is not that bad of an option. He's 14.6% owned. They talk about another group, Chris Ivory and Marcus Murphy. LaShawn McCoy, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Ivory's 9.8% owned. Every time he stepped in for an injured McCoy, he's done very well, if not better than McCoy has himself. And then Marcus Murphy's a, a nice, talented young guy, 0.2% owned. He, he had a decent fantasy day this past week. He can catch passes out of the backfield. He's a little explosive as well. He's not that big, so he, maybe he doesn't get that full workload, but he's a guy to keep your eye on as kind of a desperation PPR type of flex. Capri Bibbs, same type of thing as Marcus Murphy. He's, he's filling that third down role for the Redskins. As long as Chris Thompson's out. Uh, if Chris Thompson's healthy, Capri Bibbs goes off the radar. But Bibbs had a nice day, had a touchdown this past week, 0.9% owned. And then a couple guys just really low on the list. Uh, we're you know, Darren Sproles, Josh Adams. I'm staying away from the Philly backfield right now. But if, if Sproles ever comes back to the field, he's going to get those third down duty rolls and catch some passes for PPR leagues. Josh Adams is really the only guy who has the size and, and the kind of physical stature to be a, a, a two-down, three-down running back. Maybe it's only a matter of time till the Notre Dame rookie gets some burn in the backfield because Clement and Small would have not been doing it for the Eagles so far. I'll go and then we talk about Elijah McGuire. He's going to have his first game of action this week, was injured throughout the entire season. He was a guy that at, at some point in the last year was considered to be one of the front runners to be a starting running back for them. If he's back healthy and Corell and Powell are both banged up, he could be a guy that just gets the opportunity and runs with it, you know, no pun intended. And then Trenton Cannon is the third down back for the Jets, 0.3% owned. I'm sorry. McGuire's 0.3%, Cannon's 0% completely owned. He had uh, five or six catches in, in this past week when Powell went out. And like I say, a check down option for a rookie quarterback in Sam Darnold, you can't really ask for much more than that if you're desperate at the running back position. A couple guys that are in the 20 range, Rashad Penny, Mike Davis. Penny's owned 21.2, Davis 17.8. Chris Carson's been injury prone in the past. You could take a flyer on one of those guys and hope that they get the opportunity at some point. Theo Riddick. He was out this past week, 21.3%. He's really only a PPR kind of desperation flex option also. And then looking at receiver, I'm just going to run down the list really quick. Danny Amendola is my top pickup of the week. We talked about developing the rapport with Brock Osweiler so far through two games. Now Albert Wilson's hurt. Kenny Stills is hurt. Amendola's value only rises with those injuries. And, you know, 
it's he could be a starter in a 12-team or larger PPR league right away. We've seen him do it in the past in New England and with other teams as well. Cole Beasley's there. I think Cole Beasley's value goes up with the Amari Cooper trade to the Cowboys because now you got Michael Gallup, the rookie, making strides as an outside deep receiver. Amari Cooper comes in, and he's going to take attention away from defenses. That's going to mean it's going to be easier to check down over the middle with the slot receiver and Cole Beasley. I think his value goes up with Michael Gallup's increased production and with Amari Cooper coming to town with the Cowboys. What do you think about Cooper going to the Cowboys, Mr. Allendale? Well, from a, a outside of fantasy, uh, I think it's, I, I don't like the move for Dallas. Maybe they're desperate. Uh, he hasn't played like a first-round receiver in the last two years, so giving that up, that that's a big give up. I, I, it's great for the Raiders. I mean, they're obviously tanking or whatever you want to call it, getting rid of all the dead weight or how what they perceive as dead weight or cleaning house. They now have three first-round picks, so they're ready to go. I, I don't know how that's going to help the Cowboys. In the last two years, Amari Cooper has not played like a first-round or, or like a re, or number one receiver. Maybe maybe he will at Dallas. but And Dallas throws the ball less than Oakland does, so I don't know if it's going to mean that Cooper gets a bump in fantasy value. I think he's in a better situation. He's on a you know more of a winning team, if you could say that, but I don't see the fantasy production really going up much for Amari Cooper. Yeah, is it going to go up for a Dak Prescott? How about that? That's a question. I think, I think they got him. They got Cooper to see how good Dak – Prescott is. I think it could help Zeke Elliott, you know, give you another guy on the outside that defense have to respect, and that gives maybe one or two less guys on average in the box to cover Zeke Elliott on the running game, in the running game. So maybe that's a benefit there. A couple of deep, uh, deep threat guys. Paul Richardson, 22.3%. Mr. Allendale, he's, he's on your bench. He's been banged up all year, but when he plays, he's pretty effective. He's all right. Devontae Parker with the Miami Dolphins. He's really going to get his first chance of major action this Thursday night, so keep an eye on him. Christian Kirk, 18.3%, even though it's going to be tough to predict between him and Larry Fitzgerald, who gets most of the love from Josh Rosen week to week. DJ Moore, rookie receiver, Carolina. Michael Gallup, we just talked about him, rookie receiver. I was really high on him in the preseason, but I dropped him after week one after he put up a dud. I think he had one catch for two yards that week. Too early for me to take a flyer on him still. Unless I was in a 14-16 team league, maybe I'd take a flyer on Michael Gallup. I think he's got a bright future, but not an immediate fantasy impact future, if you know what I mean. Traquan Smith, I picked him up last week right before the Saints-Ravens game. I dropped Willie Sneed. I was happy to see it. I think he's the clear-cut number two receiver in the Saints offense. Maybe the best, most talented number two receiver they've had in a long time there. He's got a lot of He's got a lot of burst. He, he's, he's a very raw, athletic rookie, but he knows how to run routes well, and the coaches have been raving about him all season. When Sean Payton likes you, he's going to give you a chance. Ted Ginn's on IR. Traquan Smith would be my second pickup this week at receiver outside of Amendola at a guy's own in less than 25% of leagues. If you're looking for more upside, I, I could see you taking Traquan first. Cortland Sutton's another guy because uh, Manuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas have been mentioned in trade rumors this year. Sutton's only owned an 8.6% of lead. He's one of the leaders in red zone targets for all receivers this year, and he's a rookie, so he's going to get more snaps, more routes run, as a, more targets as the season goes on. Tyrell Williams, he's had two long touchdown catches in two straight weeks. The volume necessarily isn't there for him, but 8.4% owned. If you, like, if you like one of those deep threat guys who could get you 20 points in any given week, you just got to take the risk of what floor he could give you if he doesn't catch that long touchdown. And then Anthony Miller's back with the Bears. I think they're using him more than Taylor Gabriel now, who was a hot pickup a few weeks ago. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I still think, is a really good upside guy. He could overtake Randall Cobb in that slot role very soon in that offense. I like MVS a lot still. 
Not enough to make my roster specifically, but if you need that wide receiver help, or if you have guys like Geronimo Allison, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, he could be a good wide receiver handcuff for you. Martavis Bryant, he could see the biggest bump in the Amari Cooper trade because they're going to need that athletic deep threat to stretch the field for Derek Carr and that offense. They're going to be playing a lot of catch-up ball. I don't know if Jordan Nelson can really be the team's true number one receiver, and we know Bryant has the athleticism and the upside to make big plays. So Martavis Bryant is a, is a sneaky pickup, only 2.4% owned. Torrey Smith, 0.5%, had a touchdown this past week for the Panthers. Tajay Sharp had over 100 yards receiving for the Titans. He might be their best receiver right now in terms of what Mariota can do passing the ball. He's 0.2% owned. So that pretty much does it. Our deep sleepers, talking about players owned in 25% or less of ESPN PPR scoring leagues. And the deeper than deep sleeper picks of the week, like I said, guys owned in less than 1% of leagues. I mentioned Cody Kessler at quarterback, Capri Bibbs, Mike Gillisley, Marcus Murphy, Kenyon Barner at running back, Elijah McGuire at running back, Torrey Smith, Tajay Sharp at receiver, Chris Herndon, Ed Dixon at tight end. All of those guys you could pick up if you're in a deep league and need a deeper than deep sleeper and pick up this week. Weakest week on the waiver wire through eight weeks this season. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be making pickups. You should always be looking to improve your roster in fantasy football. Never settle and never be married to the guys you picked up, traded for, or added the week before. Coming from the man who makes more trades, might hold the record for making most trades in any fantasy league. Uh, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I I, I, I hold the record for making the most waiver pickups every single year. So let's just say that. However, this might be the first week in like multiple years that I will not make a single waiver pickup. It all depends if I can get the Patriots as my streaming defense of well, the week. That's the one I pick, but you're picking ahead I'm of picking me. picking ahead so. of you. You need a running back more than you need a defense, Mr. Allendale. Maybe it's time for you to cut ties with the Jaguars defense after all. But you didn't uh, say that. That could be true. That's going to do it this week for us. Happy streaming. Good luck in your fantasy football waiver wire pickups this week. We'll be back later this week with some more NFL talk our college football insider preview episode, as well as our weekly NFL Las Vegas quick picks where myself and Mr. Allendale pick every single game against the spread. Mr. Allendale, I was 9-3 and three this past week, or 9-4. and four. I could have been 10-3 and three if it wasn't for the Falcons letting the Giants backdoor cover last night. That was ridiculous. Was we'll get into terrible. that another time. We'll make our picks later in the week. We appreciate you tuning in. Family Feud Sports Podcast. We'll catch you later. Peace out. This the family feuding, baby mama drama, got the family losing, smoking, back, out the front door fuming, I was just a student, now you look like foodie, yeah. hunger got me moving, starving artists too, I'm just being human, I'm a human being, I might start a movement, like the Carter too. when my bitch catch me cheating, we go shop for shoes, I'm getting even, now I'm getting even more than that, more than that, yeah. Split the pie, I want more than half. Yeah, two say I want more than that. More than that. Damn. Hot and ready like you ordered that. By the time you try to leave the nigga, I was already done being with you. Damn. Ain't gotta fight a nigga, baby, that's the door. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Pack up and take a demons with you. Make sure. Make sure I'm done dealing with yeah. you. Whoa. Steve Harvey, bitch, the family feuding. Baby mama drama. Got the family losing, smoking backwards, out the front door fuming. I was just a student, now you look like foodie. Yeah. Hunger got me moving. I was starving too. I never bothered, but I could have been a Harvard student. I was hardly stupid, but I was young and foolish. Awesome ways to use you. Family feuding.
ask something, Miss because I ain't never asked Kentucky. What is it that you love about me? You tall, you bald, rich, you dress well, you're funny. 